Thanks, guys. That was great, great music this morning. All right, we are starting, as Jason said, a brand new series on Jonah. We're going through the book of Jonah on Sunday morning here, and we are actually doing several weeks of Jonah. So open your Bibles, if you will, to Jonah chapter 1. What happens when you say no to God? What happens when you say no to the Lord? So normally I don't do this. Normally we just kind of read a couple of verses, but I really want to read verses 1 through 10 with you. So just follow along with the screen or if you have your Bible. uh, Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose and fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Notice that, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. Now here it is again, from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, and so the ship began to break apart, break up. And the sailors were afraid, and they cried out to their God. And they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lower parts of the ship, and he had fallen asleep. And so, now notice what it says. It says he was fast asleep. That's important. So the captain came to him and said, Hey, what does this mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us and so that we won't perish. Verse 7. So they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know of who this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and it fell upon Jonah. And they said to him, Please tell us for whose cause this trouble is upon us. What is your occupation? Where you come from, what is your country, and who are your people? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid, and they said to him, What have you done? Basically, what what have you done to us? For these men knew that he had fled, and here it is again, from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Okay, so this morning, what what happens when you and I say no to the Lord? Now, I decided to go through the book of Jonah months ago when uh, I just really felt impressed that we needed a boost when it comes to evangelism. This is one of the great stories of evangelism in the Bible, Old Testament, okay? And so I felt that we needed a boost when it comes to our burden for lost people. Can I hear an amen? We need a a boost because sometimes we get a little bit cold and indifferent towards those who are unbelieving. Okay? But also, I I just felt that we needed to be reminded that obedience always brings blessings. So we need to be reminded 
to position ourselves, if you will, into the place where we can be blessed and get ourselves out of the position where we are cursed or judged by the Lord. Okay? So again, the story starts like this. God came to the prophet Jonah and he said, Arise, go to Nineveh, this great city, and cry against it because their sin has come up before me. Now, that sounds like a normal, I mean, he's a man of God. He's a prophet. He's an evangelist, if you will. Until you read a little bit closer into the history of this, and these were the Caesareans in which Jonah's people, the Jews, hated. Now, think about that. They hated these Assyrians because they were cruel. They were mean. They were ruthless to people. But that wasn't the reason why Jonah wasn't going to Nineveh. Okay? He wasn't afraid of what they would do to him. Later on in the book, he tells us exactly why he didn't want to go. He was fearful. Listen very carefully. But he was fearful because he thought that they might repent. Now think about that. He... he he wasn't worried about what they might do to him. He was worried that if he did take the truth, the message of God to the people, the people that he hated would repent. So let, let, let's get this straight. So, so the people of God can actually hate lost people? Is that possible? Well, this is a story which tells us, yes. He not only was a Christian, he was a preacher. And he hated lost people. Okay, so Jonah, God loved lost people. Jonah hated them, okay? God wanted to see these people repent, but Jonah wanted to see them remain in their sin. God wanted to see them saved. Jonah wanted to see them judged. <laughs> it is amazing when you actually read it in black and white. Now, we keep those things secretly in our heads, don't we? Okay? But here it's right out. The, so, so God says, hey, go to Nineveh. And Jonah says, okay, and he goes the opposite direction, which is saying no to God. Okay? Now, this raises an important question for you and I this morning. I mean, we don't want to just preach truth. Okay? We've got we to make application to our lives. Amen? We don't want dead orthodox. We want, we want the Word of God, and then we want to make application as we are listening. So the question is, is there anything that God is asking you to do in 2020, 14 of June, that he's asking you to do that you just don't feel comfortable? You just kind of, it's like, you know, goes against your grain and God's asking you to do it. And, and, and instead of going to Nineveh, you find yourself going to Joppa. You just don't want to do and you, you just... You're just not excited about it. I mean, when you think of God, you know that He wants you to do something, but you don't want to. When you think of God, what does He want you to change? What does He want you to accomplish? What does He want you to work on? What does He want you to produce? What does He want you to give? How does He want to use you? When you, when you think of God and you make application to this, are you saying no? Or, or are you going up to Nineveh? Or are you on a ship sleeping in the bottom of the ship, headed to Tarsha. Okay, what happens? Three things. Three things happen, and we're going to just jump into this this morning. Three things happen when you say, no, I'm not going to Joppa. 
Okay? And you go down, or not going to Nineveh, you're going down to Joppa. Three things happen. All right? Number one, you begin to try to get away from the presence of the Lord. You begin to start running. Notice it says here that Jonah, three times it said that, that Jonah tried to get away from the presence of the Lord. Now, you and I know that God is omnipresent, correct? We know that he's everywhere. And so this is irrational. But understand, when you reject the word of God, you are always irrational when you do that. That's just a fact. Okay? And so, so we do this today, but we don't think of it that way. Let me give you an illustration of myself, which I've given you this illustration before. I'm going to give it to you again because it really fits perfect here. When God called me to preach many moons ago, okay, it took me months to surrender, if not years, and I finally surrendered, went to Bible college, okay? The first semester there, I realized I was in over my head. You've heard this story, but hang in there. So I went to Dr. Gates and I said, man, I, I, I'm not going to be the pitcher. I want to be the left fielder or the right fielder, actually. Okay? I remember telling him this story. And he agreed with me. It was, it was good to see somebody of a man of that stature agree with me in my sin. Amen? And so I quit, just dropped out of school. Okay? Every time I went to church from that point on, every single time, the Holy Spirit told me that I was out of the will of God. Kept hounding me. It didn't matter what the preacher preached on. The same message came in my brain and in my heart, and that is I was out of God's will. Now, stay with me. We didn't have one service a week. When you were on fire for God back in those days, you were there in Sunday school, which was an adult Bible study. You stayed for Sunday morning. How many remember this? You stayed for Sunday morning. You came back on Sunday night. You were excited to come back on Sunday night because it was your family. Can I hear an Amen. Then on Monday, you came back because you had visitor cards from those that came Sunday, and so you wanted to visit those people and say, hey, our church is fantastic. You need to be part of, part of this family. Then we went back on Wednesday night. Are you, are you see this right here? Wednesday night. Why? Are you crazy? Yes. Because we wanted to, pre we wanted to hear the preaching of the Word of God. Then we came back on Saturday morning, and we had 250 people there, 300 people. We ate together. We fellowshiped. And then we went door to door six times a week. Today, today, one time, it's like pulling eye teeth. Can I hear an amen? One time a week, we struggle. But that's not my point. I just threw that in there for free. Threw it in there. You do what, what, what you wanted to do with it, Okay. The point is, every one of those services, the Holy Spirit was pounding me. Now, I had a choice right then and there. I had a choice. I could say, no. I'm not going to make a fool of myself back in Bible college. I'm just not going to do it. Or I could have done what I did, and I said, yes. But if I'd have said no, every time I went to church, I would have heard that voice. And so after a while, guess what would have happened? Guaranteed. You come in church and a preacher's preaching some different, at a different topic, different subject, but you hear the same thing. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Or you're doing what you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Or you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing. You know, the Holy Spirit pounds you. You know what happens? You get irritable. You get angry. I'm not going to church because I hear the same thing every single time. Hello? So what do we do? 
we begin to be unfaithful. Do you understand that we live in a generation where the average church, people go to church twice a month? Because we have so many people running from the presence of the Lord. They're tired of hearing this, you know, go back to school. Do this or do that. They have said no so often that they don't want to be around godly people because of godly people. They praise the Lord and they give God the glory for everything that's going on in their life. And, and, and when you're saying no to God and you hear that, it just, it just, you just want to punch them in the face. Right? Am I kidding? No, you're so upset because it, God is constantly hounding you. So what are you doing? You're running from the Lord. You're running from the presence of God, but you can't get away. That's why there's so many people going job to job, church to church, relationship to relationship. They're running from the omnipresent God, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so those people are constantly miserable. Because when you're a Christian and you're out of church and you're not in your Bible study like you're supposed to be doing, you're not walking with the Lord, you're also miserable. Bottom line, Say yes. Say yes. Now, number two, okay? When you say no to the Lord and you begin running from his presence, it, it just kind of happens automatically. Jonah ran from the presence of the Lord even though he couldn't get away. The second thing we see is that God chases us down with his judgment. In other words, it will bring judgment. Now, I'm using that phrase carefully. Because I understand there's a lot of babes here. Judgment is not that he's judging us for our sin. He's chastising us, but most people don't understand that word chastisement. And I don't really go into the detail. But God chastises his children, but he doesn't judge us in the harsh, you know, judgment, cast us out to hell. He's already paid for our sin. But I'm using the word so you get an understanding of the, the seriousness of this. Okay? When you say no to the Lord and you begin running from Him, it brings judgment. Go back to Jonah. Look at verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind to the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. And so the ship was about to break up. Get the picture. Notice the word send out. The word send out means pitch means pitch. It's like me and my sons and my daughters playing pitch. I'm throwing the ball at them. Okay, I remember I did this to my oldest son when he was young, and I threw it at him. I said, he'll catch it. Boom! Blood everywhere. I got in trouble over that one. I remember. Okay, but that's pitching. You're throwing it right at your son, and they're throwing it right back, and you're catching it. You're just throwing it. It's like a pitcher. He's throwing the ball, and his goal is what? The plate. The left lower corner, the right lower corner. I mean, he's just, he's just the high and outside. I mean, he's just, he's just dialed in. That's what this word means. God is pitching a storm at Jonah. Not the devil. Don't blame the devil. This is God throwing. And guess what? He's not going to miss. He's throwing this storm right at Jonah. Now, we, we have to ask the question, why? Why would he send Jonas? Is he being vindictive? 
because Jonah just wouldn't do what he wanted to do, therefore he's being vindictive. I mean, is Jonah's life correct? Wrong. Is he being vindictive? Is he being cruel to his children? Is he being mean? Of course, it's a rhetorical question. No. He's being loving. He's doing exactly what a loving heavenly father would do. Why? Let me give you two thoughts. Number one, because it wasn't in Jonah's best interest to continue on this path. It wasn't Jonah's, in Jonah's best interest to be disobedient. It wasn't in Jonah's best interest to run from God. This is what Spurgeon said about the Lord. He said, he is a hound from heaven. I love that. Spurgeon, one of the great Baptists of, of our history, he said that God just chases you down and he's relentless to catch you and bring you back. He's a hound, a hound of heaven. Okay, now, now here's what I want you to grab a hold of. He chases his children down faithfully. Now listen, seeking to put them in the position that he can bless them. Are you hearing that? He chases us down to put us in a position where he can bless us. Secondly, God judged Jonah because he practices the cause and effect. Okay? I want you to go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And, and, and even if you don't have your Bibles, look in your phones, and, and if you don't do that, at least write these verses down. This is, this is paramount. Chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Look at verse 15 with me. We're going to read five verses here. See, verse 15, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Notice that. God sets before us today life and good, death and and evil. Now, wave your hand if you see the two, life and good, death and evil. Does everybody see that? All right. I've set that before you. Now, notice this. In that I have commanded you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and statutes and judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God will bless you. Catch that? Bless you in the land which you possess. Now, now grab a hold of this. Okay? God has set before you and I life or, or, or life, good, and what was that last word? Blessing. Okay, so he set before us life and good and the results of these two and he said life and good is when you follow his word and the results of that is blessing. But he didn't only set this. Also, there's another option over here, and you have death and evil. Okay, so let's look at the results of this one over here. All right? Verse 18. I have announced to you today that you shall... Well, let's go back up to verse 17. Now, this is over here to the, the, the death and evil. But if your heart turns away so that you will not hear... So if your heart turns away from Bible study, if your heart turns away from the church, your heart turns away from the Word of God so that you will not hear. You're trying to get away from the presence of the Lord. Notice what it says. 
and you are drawn away to worship other gods and to serve them. In other words, you're placing all these other things before God. Okay? If you choose not this one, but you say no to God, and you're over here, and you make this choice over here, death, evil, the result will be cursing. Okay? Look what he says. You turn your way to serve these other guys. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish and you will not prolong the days of your life in the land so that you will cross over to Jordan to possess it. Look at verse 19. Here it is. I called to heaven and earth as a witness against you today. I have set before you life and death. Now, I love this part. Blessing and cursing. So the result of this, death and evil, if you choose these two, if you take the word of God and you set it aside, I'm not going to follow that. I choose to say no to that. And you follow this. The result is death, evil, cursing. Wow. Everybody see that? I mean, it's just plain. But if you choose over here, life good, the results is God says he will bless you. Let's keep on trucking here. Verse 19, I call to heaven, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. Therefore, and I love this part, choose life. You see that? God is earnestly pleading with you. Hey, listen, please choose life. Please say yes. Don't say no. Now notice this. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may have this abundant life. Now, we call this abundant life. We call this joy. We call this peace. We call this the fruit of the Spirit over here. That's where you're living when you're walking with God. When you're right with God and you're walking, you're striving in His Spirit. But over here, there's misery, there's woe, and God says the result of this is cursing. Now, you say, that's a negative message. You're a negative Nancy today. No, the result is positive. That was a great spot for many of you to say, amen. That was perfect. And you blew it. Let's try it again. No, I'm kidding. All right. Hey, there you go. So God, I love it. God says, choose life. Okay, now, I, I sat down the other day. Seriously, I sat down. I thought, I really want to think about this for a moment. And I thought about all the times that I said no to the Lord. And there were many. And, the, and him chasing me down, catching me, and chastising me were also many. He never let me up, never let up on me. Never. So then I thought of David. Let me give you a story of David. Just so you understand here that it's not just Jonah. It's not just me. The Bible's full of these stories. David became king of Israel, and he, there was a portion in his life where he said no to the Lord. Okay? There's an area where he said no. When he became king, he was a great king. But the Bible says in Deuteronomy 17, 17, it said that kings of Israel are not supposed to have multiple wives. Not supposed to do that. Now, all the nations around, it was legal and it was okay for them to do it, but you as the king of Israel, no multiple wives. Don't have more than one. Just don't do it. 
And the Bible says in 2 Samuel that David had multiple wives. He did what was legal in the time frame, so he had multiple wives. He just said no to God. Everybody see that? David said no. So then later on in his life, he sees a woman on top of the, the bathing, and he sees her. He said, I'm king. I can do what I want to do, right? I'm the head of my house. I can do what I want. How many men have ever said that and regretted it? Okay. David's on the rooftop, and he sees her. He said, I'm, I'm king. So he reaches out and gets her. And she ends up being pregnant. So he calls her husband. He had an affair. He called her husband and said, uh, listen, um, come back. And he wouldn't do what David wanted, so he sent him back in the war zone in where the battle was the heaviest and put him, he put him in there and then he had the troops withdraw so that, so that Nathan, our, our, our Uriah would die. So not only did he commit adultery, had an affair. Not only did he kill Uriah, but he planned it. Now, he had fun. That's what you think in your mind. But then all of a sudden you read the Word of God, and the cause and the effect are almost unbearable. First thing that happened was the baby died. Bathsheba had a baby. I mean, Bathsheba had a baby, and the baby died. I mean, that is devastating. She lost this child. She held, I mean, we just read it and we go on, but it's devastating. And then Tamra, David's daughter, got raped. And the Bible specifically says in 2 Samuel, let me get this so you can write it down. I don't want you to miss this. Okay, in, in 2 Samuel 12, 10. That whole chapter is about all of this. In verse 10, it says, because you have done these three things, because you had an affair, because you killed Uriah, and because you caused all the unbelievers around to have a bad taste about God in their mouth, from this point on, the sword will never depart from your house. The cause and effect. When you say no, there's going to be cursing. God's going to hound you, and he's going to bring you back to the place, but there's going to be judgment. Chastisement, if you will. So, David's daughter, Tamra, gets raped by her brother, her half-brother, David's son. Then Absalom over here, Tamra's his real sister, so he goes after Ab Ammon, and he kills Ammon. And David loved, listen, David loved Absalom. You know what happens when you have a child that you really love and they're just going astray for a parent? Let alone that he hears about his daughter being raped by his son. I mean, the devastation on David is unbearable. We don't hear these kind of messages anymore, do we? I mean, this is what happens. Be sure your sin will not maybe find you out. Will find you out. What happens when you say no to the Lord. And that's just the beginning. Absalom got his hair caught in an oak tree. And he's hanging from an oak tree by the hair of his head. Is that weird or what? Nothing wrong with the hair. I'm, not, I'm just talking about he's, he's hung there. And he's in Joab, David's soldier, right-hand man comes up and kills him. Throws three spears in him. But you get the point. Don't miss the point. You can't 
run from God. This is what happens when you say no to the Lord. You begin trying, thinking you can get away from His presence, get away from that voice, get away in that small voice. You, you know He's, he's not going to let this stand, don't you? And, and it's in your head. It's called the Holy Spirit speaking to your conscience and you can sense it. Number three. Okay? What happens when you say no? Number one, you think you can run from God. And you do. You try to get away from God. Number two, He begins judging you. Number three, that judgment spills over. We see it in Jonah's life. The judgment spills over to the people that are around him. Okay, now think about it. Now this is just the first part of Jonah. Okay, he takes off from the Lord. The Lord pitches a strong wind so strong that the ship begins to break. He's chasing Jonah down. Why? Because God wants these people in Nineveh saved. Now think about it. We're not reformers here. We're not just talking about irresistible grace. There's no such thing. God wanted Jonah. He wanted his spokesman to get over there and talk to them about him. So he brings up a great storm. And the well, which we'll get into next week, swallows Jonah up. And what happens? The ship, verse 4, the ship begins to break up. Now let me ask you a question. Whose ship is this? Is it Jonah's ship? <laughs> it's not Jonah's ship. Why is God doing this to Jonah? Or to the sailors? Because he was in their boat. He was around them. So all of a sudden, their boat in which they shined every day, in which they polished and they you know, just took care of this idol probably, God begins to break it. Pitch that out there for you. Get a vivid picture of that. It began, began to come apart. Number two, the sailors were afraid. They were afraid. I mean, seasons, seasoned sailors were afraid of the storm. There had been no doubt many storms, but this one was different because it was directly from the hand of God. And then they cried out to their pagan god. Now think about that. They cried out to their pagan God, which doesn't have ears to hear. So they're crying out to somebody that can't hear them. They're crying out for deliverance for somebody that has no hands to deliver them. So they're, they're in this hopeless state. And they're devastated. They begin to throw their cargo overboard. Whose cargo? Jonah, Jonah, we're throwing all your cargo because this is for you. This is because of you. No. They throw their own cargo over. Don't miss the point. Don't miss it. And of course, this brings up an entire question. A motivation for us. Choose life, goodness, so that God will bless you and that the, all those around you, it, the blessing of God will spill over on them. Another opportunity to say amen. But over here, when you choose no, 
you choose death, evil, and then cursing is, then it spills over. How many, how many of us grew up, don't raise your hands, in, in broken homes? Our parents made very bad decisions in their lifetime. And who's the one that paid many of those situations? I mean, many times the kids, if they don't get in God's Word, they don't, don't reprogram their thinking, many of the kids are in those ruts the rest of their lives. And those scars, God never turns around because they don't even know God. They're not even walking with God. They don't turn around for their good because they're still over here. I don't care what you go through. God can take that and turn it around and use it for your good if you're over here and not here. You say, no, this is where you're going to be. If you say, yes, this is where you're going to be. How many kids are paying the price today because their parents have bought homes that are too expensive, cars that are too expensive, toys that are too expensive, and their kids have to pay for it even though they didn't go out and buy it. They didn't buy all these toys. How many kids are having to pay the price because the parents won't get along? Because they're not in church to hear godly principles to help them to love, to help the man to put the wife. How many kids would be like last week? How many kids missed church last week? when we had this great missionary up here. That was an opportunity for you. That one row back there to say amen. Okay? The weeds, the weeds, you missed it too. What? You guys are just one step behind. Okay, so, had, Weed was up here last week and he was preaching and, he's, and he showed these pictures of these, these people that, that don't have food. I hadn't had food for two weeks because of the, 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 the COVID-19. I mean, just some great stuff. And the kids could have heard that their lives touched or their hearts touched and their lives changed by the Word of God. But the parents didn't come. Little Johnny didn't come. His life wasn't changed. Because he didn't hear. How many people that... How many co-workers? I mean, we're just still on this... We're, we're just still on this part of, you know... The cursing, the blessings spill out, and the cursings spill out. How many coworkers do we have that that uh, you know are, are? How many coworkers are are there that that are around Christians that have a bad taste in their mouth about God because of the lifestyle of that believer, the cursing? Oh, you call yourself a Christian? Why? Are, why is all that, why is all this stuff happening in your life? I, mean, I don't understand it. What's going on? And they get this bad taste. Well, the problem is, is that God is hounding you and He's judging you and you're not being blessed and you're running from God. And that's all they see. And they don't have the opportunity to go to church. They don't want to be around you because of all of this. But over here, then just the opposite. People are running to you and saying, man, how can I be saved? I want what you got. That's what, I, that's what happened to me. You said it doesn't work. It happens. I went home to Judy's house. The only time I could date her was in church. That was it. No smooching. None of that in church. God's watching. I can't really tell you how many times I heard, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John between you. You know, 
But church, so, so I go to her house and man, I see this family sitting around the dinner table. What is that? And I never remember. I turned 18 and Judy's mom made me a pie, an apple pie. I'm telling you, there's, there's things that happen that just get you. Does that make sense? I mean, I mean, it just showed me the Christian life was different. I wanted what they had. And come hell or high water, I was going to get it. Now, from that point on, I searched, I dug. I had Judy reading the Bible to me, explaining the Bible. I mean, everything. I wanted to know this God because it was vastly different from all the cursing that was going on in my family. But this was a family that was saying yes. And the blessings were flowing. There was peace. Never experienced peace before, but I could see it in their face. The joy. Fantastic. Bottom line is, are there people in your life, in your boat, that are more like God because they're in your boat? Are there people more likely to serve God because they're in your boat? They're more likely to love God because they're in your boat. They're more likely to benefit from the blessings of God because they're in your boat. And God is showing favor on your life. Don't forget Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. He sets before all of us two choices. Yes, no. Life, goodness, and the result is blessings. Life and goodness is just simply following the word, just doing what I want you to do, just loving God. That's it. And then the blessings flow from God. That's your choice. That's all of our choice. Are we here? No. And you run from God. He chases you down as you're running from God. But then in, as the chasing goes on, that you experience the pitch of the judgment of God. And the results are misery and woe. So this is, seems like a negative message, but it is so positive. It shows us an opportunity to make a choice. So I want the band to come up here for a moment. Okay, just come up here, band, if you will, right now. And, and I'm just going to give you guys an opportunity to, to just make a choice. Okay? Just say yes. You know, God, I, I want to do what you want me to do. I, I really want to follow you. I want to say yes. I want to choose life, good, and I definitely want the blessing. Father, help me not to say no. Because I, I know what happens now when we say no. I understand what happens when we say no. I choose yes. So the lights are going to go down low. Let's all stand with our heads bowed, our eyes closed for just a moment. The band's going to start playing the fourth song right now. Go ahead and start playing it, guys, when, when you're ready, okay? And they're going to play this fourth song. And during this last song, we're just going to give you an opportunity. Okay? If God stirs you during this song, just come, just come forward. And just cry out to God. 
Say, God, I choose you. I say yes.